Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we have a special edition of the broadcast today. Of course, it is Thursday, September 16th. Um, tomorrow is the conference. And uh, on the phone lines with us today, we have Dr. Terry Johnson, one of our speakers. Good morning, Dr. Johnson. Good morning. We are so excited to have you on. I just got to say, I I heard you on um, Mortification of Spin uh, podcast here a few months ago, and um, I was delighted that you were promoting Stephen Charnock, The Existence and Attributes of God. as one of my favorite books, and I, I was glad to see that you had also written a book on that. Are we going to have that at the conference, Russ? Yes, we are. Yes. So we will be promoting that book. Um, oh, well, good. Yeah. Yeah, we need that. For sure. So we, the conference this year, the theme is Be Thou My Vision. And of course, if you're not registered yet, uh, if you go to ReformationVoice.com, there's still time. And remember, if you sign up, you can get a gift certificate for the book table. Go to ReformationVoice.com. So Dr. Johnson, um, the theme this year is on worship. Um, why is this idea of worship, why, why should we devote a whole conference to the idea of worship? Well, I guess my first answer to that would be, that's what we were made to do. That's what we were created to do. That's where we find our truest selves is in the worship of our maker. That's where we find fulfillment. That's where we find satisfaction. Uh, so um, worship is important because it's what we were made to do and it fulfills the purpose of our design and who God has made us to do. And then I would say also, of course, that in its own right, it is valuable because God is worthy of being worshiped and he ought to be worshiped. Mm. And so it's what we were made to do. It's what God is worthy of receiving uh, probably in re- reverse order. He's worthy of all glory, honor, and power, for he has created all things, and by his will they exist and were created, and worthy is the Lamb who was slain. There, the worthiness of God um, is why we ought to pay attention to worship, and because that's what we were made to do. Mm. Yeah, I remember hearing that catechism question for the first time when I was driving my car. I'm actually on this radio station right now. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Has that been your experience that um, as you find yourself worshiping God, either uh, on the Lord's Day with God's people or um, in the rest of life, that that worshiping God is your, your greatest joy? I am a, periodically known to say at the conclusion of one of our worship services— uh, where in, in all the world r- would you rather be than right here, right now? Mm. And I'm, I mean that with, with all of my heart. I think it is the most satisfying, moving, illuminating, inspiring thing that we can do as human beings is 
is to gather with the people of God in the in the house of God, offering our worship to God. I think it is moving. I think it is. It's a, it's just a powerful uh, experience. And why why would you rather be doing something else somewhere else? Mm. Because nothing else really compares with the power of of that phenomena of gathering with God's people and offering Him. Uh, the worship of which he's worthy. And of course, you then have to ask, okay, well, what is worship and what does um, what does the right worship of God look like? Because not all worship services are created equal mm-hmm. by, by any stretch of the imagination. You've got the whole spectrum from high liturgical to, uh, you know, wildly contemporary, seeker-sensitive, and they're, they're, those are very different things. Uh, so I guess I would want to qualify that by saying that biblical worship, um, historic Protestant, historic Reformed worship, where you combine reverence with uh, a word-centered, gospel-driven worship service, is what I have in mind. Mm. And and others, you know, they have their they have. I'm not saying that they're without some value. I'm just saying they don't quite add up to the same powerful uh, experience uh, that that uh, a, a historically reformed worship service does so that we say gladly and easily I was glad when they said to me let us go up to the house of God Psalm 122 one mm. we're not being dragged to our worship services mm. we're, we're, we're delighted to be gathering with the people of God in the presence of God and offering uh, to him, uh, worship uh, as we, you know, as built around the word, as we read the word, preach the word, sing the word, pray the word, and administer the visible word, the sacraments. Dr. Johnson, um, sometimes in my own congregation, I will say the, or use the phrase that um, as we gather in corporate worship, we're getting a little bit of a, a taste of heaven. Um, is, is that too much of an, of an overstatement? Well, I don't think so, because I think that so much of the book of Revelation is presenting uh, God's people, as well as the angelic beings, um, presenting them worshiping. Mm. I mean, that's what they're doing. Chapter after chapter, that's uh, that's what we see. It's there in chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 7, chapter 11, chapter 15, 16, 19, 21. That's what will be our eternal vocation. Mm-hmm. And as, as we engage in that, in this world, in, in a very imperfect way, which I think pale, will pale in comparison with the worship of heaven, nevertheless, we begin to participate in that now. Yeah. And certainly some of the best, uh, or well-known psalms anyway, um, deal with that same theme. How lovely are you, is your dwelling place, O Lord? You know, a, th- a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Those are certainly um, just wonderful psalms for the church. So right. in your experience, so I watched a, a, f- a few of your messages on John 4 as we were kind of putting together the the promo video for the conference. By the way, if you're just tuning in, on the line with us is Dr. Terry Johnson. He is speaking at the conference tomorrow. If you have not registered yet, you can still go to reformationboise.com. Um, Be Thou My Vision is the theme. It's starting tomorrow night. Please register. But as I was um, kind of working through um, 
your message, Dr. Johnson, it seemed to me that you had this idea that worship was was fairly controversial idea today. Um, can you flesh that out a little bit? I mean, in terms of um, the different perspectives on what worship is? Well, I mean, I think the controversy is a long lived. I mean, you, you can go back to the difference between a Roman Catholic mass and a Protestant service. There's a very fundamental divide um, or a Protestant, a traditional Protestant service and a, a, an Eastern Orthodox service, which is very icon driven, image driven, uh, seeing, seeing images as a means of grace. Uh, and the Roman Catholic mass, of course, is a, is a sacrificial offering and is the center of the service rather than the service being built around the ministry of the word. But I think, I think today among Protestants, um, you have that whole spectrum that I mentioned earlier. You've got everything from very seeker-friendly, uh, let's not do anything that offends anybody, let's make this culturally familiar, um, let's appeal to their cu- cultural preferences, and so there's a real, real problem of dumbing down what's going on, and hardly anything that really qualifies as worship is being done. So that you're not, you're not, you're really not spending much time in prayer because prayer isn't exciting. Prayer is boring, and you're not going to read extended passages of scripture because, again, people don't relate. It's boring. It's not exciting. So basic elements, you know, you're not going to, probably not going to preach expositorily. Uh, verse by verse through books of the Bible because um, because it's more important to to preach um, uh, interest uh, driven uh, m- more relevant as they as as that is perceived D- addressing the felt needs of the people in the congregation so you see a real compromising of basic elements I mean what is a worship service in which the word is not being read and not uh, and prayer is not being offered, and the preaching is not uh, exposition of a text of scripture. You've really, you've really given up the game in a significant sense. And and then you add in the what's being sung is a couple of simple lines. They may be from the Bible, they may not be, but they're just repeated over and over again. Compare that with a traditional hymn, or better yet, a a psalm that is set to music, and uh, you know, I, I say, I say it's a real, it, we're in a crisis. We're really in, amongst evangelical Bible believing churches, which is our main concern. We are in a crisis yeah. uh, because of the emptying of the typical worship service of biblical content, less read, less preached, less sung, less prayed. And if faith comes by hearing uh, the word of Christ, if we're sanctified by the truth, if we're born again by the living and abiding word, if we grow by the pure milk of the word, we are in real trouble yeah. uh, because the, wor- the the services are being emptied of the word in the name of excitement and relevance. So then, in your opinion, a uh, conference on worship might be helpful for the church. Well, I think it's you know uh, helpful. So to distinguish your first question, uh, you know, there's the principle itself that we ought to worship, and then. Uh, the pragmatic concern, when do we think the people of God are going to get exposed to the, to the scriptures? Yeah. Where, where do we think that that takes place? Yeah. When, when is it that we have the vast majority of our people actually present um, as opposed to involved in small group ministries and, 
um, alternative forms of ministry? When do they actually gather? Do, and when do we have their ear? Well, that, well, it's typically the Sunday morning, and hopefully the, the Sunday. There's a Sunday night service as well. From from that point forward, it's all downhill. I mean, every it's a, it's fairly exotic. The Sunday, the the, the midweek activities are attract a relative view few um and and so if we're not if we're not reaching them with the ministry of the word by which they grow by which they're born again by which they're sanctified by which faith uh they come to have faith if we're not reaching them on sunday morning when when do we think we are because we really aren't yeah and so what goes on it, uh, actually in the service itself is not just a matter of style and personal preference it's uh, it's it's crucial to the to the growth to the discipling to the um uh, sanctification of the people of god broadly considered as opposed to the elite few that we get to these these other events that churches stage. Amen. Hey, Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for joining us on the broadcast today. If you're tuning in, tomorrow is our conference. Dr. Johnson is one of our speakers. You still have time. If you go to reformationboise.com, you're not going to want to miss this conference. It's going to be excellent. Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for joining us on the broadcast today. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be a part of the broadcast and an honor to be a part of the conference. All right. We'll see you next time.